eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. On today's episode of With the First Pick, we'll tell you which teams could seriously consider trading up in the NFL draft to take a quarterback. We'll also look at the old updated draft order. Talk about a couple of five-star prospects nominated by you and take some mailback questions as well. I'm Ryan Wilson. That's Rick Spielman. This is episode 109. And Rick, how many days until the 2024 NFL draft? Well, it's the season of giving, so we're going to give ourselves 120 more days until the 2024 NFL draft. And Ryan Wilson, even on HQ yesterday, I've been very complimentary of all the hard work that you have put into these mock drafts all this evaluation. That's why you're the GM of the show. I'm just the guy in the corner sitting next to the owner owner. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, pretty soon though, we will be able to start talking serious business uh, as we get closer and closer to the draft. And then I could, as the scout in the corner, maybe correct you on a few things as we get closer. Just know that I'm going to be getting, calls about your references in terms of you trying to get hired for a new position so i'm let, not getting hired for a new position i will i will gladly pass out bad references to keep you with the organization so we'll see how that goes i was right. in uh la this weekend and i happened to see rick strolling on the beach i wonder what he was doing out there oh a little hallmark hallmark yeah then that means Debo got me a uh a a, a Roll in a Hallmark movie, which he was wearing a Chargers hat, which I thought was weird. Oh, that's why you're out there. Interesting. New. And you said on this very show that you were very happy with. I am very happy with what I'm doing and where I'm at in life. And my wife will not leave the island. All right. Well, let's talk about the updated draft order because as we sit here, the Chargers are number six. And Rick, the Chargers have Justin Herbert as their quarterback. And they have a lot of good players in that team. Why would that job not be interesting to you? I am not going to talk about jobs. What I want to talk about and focus on is my role and responsibility here to support you in this podcast. All right. We are going to talk about the draft order, though, and we'll parlay that into teams that could potentially trade up for quarterbacks. There are a ton of them among the top 18 picks. And um, 
So let's start with the we'll start with the top. We'll go through this thing here because I have a few questions for you. We know the Bears currently have the number one overall pick, and Debo and I were just doing the math uh, with our, our pencil and paper and old school calculator. The Cardinals could go 0 and 2, and the Panthers go 2 and 0, and there's about a 30% chance the Cardinals could get that first overall pick. So let's start there. Let's say that happens. And by the way, it's pretty curious that this is the week that Bryce Young has his best game. We don't get an opportunity to talk about Bryce Young. <laughs> Amazing. But, but we'll, re- we'll revisit Bryce next week. Um, if you're at the top and you're Arizona, what are you doing? Because Kyler Murray's played well and new ownership, not new ownership, excuse me, new GM, new head coach. They've done a great job with that team. With They don't quite have the players. But what are you, Kyler's not their quarterback. No, he's their quarterback. Uh, they don't have an option. I I'm think. sorry. Kyler's not the guy they drafted. He could be their quarterback. But if they have the number one pick, you're still sticking with Kyler? I have to stick with Kyler. And then okay. I'm going to probably do everything I can to trade out of that pick down so far, but not where it gets me out of the position to take a Marvin Harrison Jr. You can't move that contract. The contract would be devastating to the cap and the dead money. A year from now, let us build – let us have another very good draft, and then let's make a decision on Kyler Murray a year from now when, if we do decide to trade him and look at the quarterbacks of the, in next year's draft, that makes so much more sense to me than trying to do something this year. It's interesting you say that. So do you think about next year's draft, uh, you know, 16, 17 months from now when you're doing this now? No, it's it's you know you're you're trying to figure out what the heck is coming out in this right. year's draft. Okay. It's it's you know, but as a general manager, you're always going to have your eye on the future. So if we're sitting in there, we're talking to ownership, we're planning uh, for the future of the Arizona Cardinals. Then let's lay out our off-season plan. One of the discussions I'm sure will be Kyler Murray. One of the discussions will be his contract. Uh, the evaluation of Kyler Murray, we don't know how they feel. Drew Petzing, the offensive coordinator there, uh, Jonathan Gannon, the head coach, uh, Monty, the general manager, all those guys will have a discussion on Kyler Murray. But they also know that if they do try to trade him or move him this year, move on from him this year, that this is going to set our team back maybe another year or two because of that accelerated money and dead money coming into uh, our salary cap. So, We've been very competitive this year. We've only had one draft. Let's have another really good draft. Let's uh, try to continue to traject forward and upward, and then we'll make a decision on the quarterback down the road. Yeah, they did a good job with their draft class. Paris Johnson Jr., obviously, is their start at right tackle. Uh, they have Trey McBride coming along, their second-year tight end, who's a second-round pick. You have Hollywood Brown. You have Rondell Moore. You get someone like Marvin Harrison Jr. We talk about that with the, the Bears adding one more skill position player for Justin Fields, it would I think I asked you this before too. I might rather have Kyler than Justin Fields right now if I'm starting a team or whatever. That's a that's an interesting uh, question. <laughs> Speaking of interesting and you know I talk about this we talked about this on HQ yesterday and I've talked about it on the podcast before. Commanders fans were very angry with me when my last mock draft came out in early December where I had the Commanders taking James. That's another one of the let's pat myself on the back thing. There you go. Well, it's not going to last. On your new velvet Syracuse sweatshirt. Shout out to Kyle McCord. Shout out to Fran Brown. We're turning this thing around. We're turning the ship around, Rick. 
Going to win some football games. It's going to be tough, but uh, we'll see. We'll see exactly how good a quarterback Kyle McCord is in Syracuse. <laughs> there will be no Marvin Harrison Jr.'s running routes. Aranda Gatson Jr. will be here, though. He's coming back, so that's good news. But in terms of Washington, they wanted an offensive tackle, and that made sense because a month ago, Sam Howell felt like he was going to be the guy. Sam Howell has since been benched twice in the last two games. Jacoby Brissett's come in and looked like a NFL quarterback while Sam Howell's completed 35% of his throws and struggled a little bit. They're probably moving on from Ron Rivera. It feels almost like a certainty at this point. We'll see what they do in the front office, new ownership. If you're there at number three, Rick, quarterback has to be, it doesn't have to be necessarily a Patriots or 2023 uh, Texan situation where you have to take a quarterback, but it feels like it's pretty high. It all depends on what happens. I mean, we can guesstimate out there and everybody throws in uh, us talking heads in the media now through a, through a lot of, things against the wall. I was wondering what you're going to call it (laughs) (laughs) to see if it'll stick or not. So no one knows what the new ownership group is thinking in Washington. And what if Washington and, and Ron Rivera, they win these last two games. Um, You know, that'll be the interesting question. And I'm going to ask you as a general manager, if you're sitting in a general manager chair, knowing that no one knows what the future holds there, but if we win these next two games, maybe we'll get another opportunity next year uh, to build on to what we have. They have to do get better on defense. There's no question about that. They have to get better in the running game, which will help the passing game. But if you're the general manager, Ryan Wilson, which you are in this podcast, and I'm the ownership group when I say, I'm not the ownership group, I'm the general manager. And I go to the head coach and say, Jacoby, Brissett gives us the best chance to win these next two games. Are you benching Sam Howell and playing Jacoby Brissett through the rest of the way? I mean, that's that's the question, right? I, I, no, I, I'm asking. I'm I just know. in a corner. You're the guy in the hot seat. What are you doing? I'm, I'm talking to myself because I know that if I say it to you, you'll try to set me up for failure. So I'm just talking it out loud to myself before I get to the answer. Oh, I got 20 days before I start setting <laughs> me up for failure. I, look, so do I know who Sam Howell is yet? I don't. Is Sam Howell as good as Jacoby Brissett over the course of a football game? Probably not, but Jacoby Brissett's in his mid-30s and he's not the long-term answer. I'm fine playing Sam Howell because we they're not you're not going to the playoffs, and we can get two more games of of data on Sam Howell and who he is. I am leaning personally as Ryan Wilson general manager. If we're there, there at three, I'm leaning towards a quarterback right now. I know you need offensive line help, but there's going to be other offensive linemen in this class uh, uh, in rounds two and beyond. You take Bo Nix in round two. Is, is he going to come in? How many second second round quarterbacks come in and, and have good careers? For that matter, how many first round quarterbacks? That's why you keep gambling on them. So I'm fine playing Sam Howell and then having a serious conversation in the offseason about what to do next. So there's not going to be much in the way of free agency. Kirk Cousins is coming off the Achilles. He may want to stay in Minnesota, so on and so forth. So. It's not a great situation to be in, for sure. Well, let's say you have to also have to balance that locker room down there. And those guys, if you, if they believe that Jacoby Brissett, because they're playing for their jobs as well. That's true. Those guys, yep. And they believe Jacoby Brissett gives them the best opportunity to win games. How do you balance that with also the guys and the players in the locker room and making sure that um, – they're going to give you, and they're professionals. They'll give everything they have, I'm sure. But if they look at it as like, 
okay, Sam Howell doesn't give us a chance the way he's been playing the last five or six weeks, but Jacoby Brissett, look what he's done the last two times he's came in. He brought him back, and they actually took the lead uh, against the Jets after they were down significantly in the first half. How do you balance that out with the future? So that reminds me, would you ever get calls from agents that that say, listen, not telling you who to play, but my player needs two more passes to hit his incentives. So you need basically don't put Sam Howell out there, put Jacoby out there. Those sort of conversations are with us. Um, yeah, you have to be careful with that. Oh, OK, it's, it's, it's uh, that's a delicate uh, balance, you know, um, uh, if you do that and let's say that player doesn't get those two receptions and it, the agent and the player feel that that was not because of him, but because of the organization making the decision, that I'm not going to give him another $300,000 in his yeah. or two interceptions, then that goes into the locker room. And gotcha. that is a bad, bad precedent to set in that locker room because then those players are looking at the front office. <laughs> they were looking at the the coaching staff and it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Can't trust you. Yeah. So that's a whole nother can of worms that you may not want to open up. Again, that's why you need to go back to college. You can be a college GM. That's easy. I heard. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> the uh, college GM is the worst job in America right now. All these, uh, directors of player personnel that a lot yeah. of these because of the NIL because of the December has been like just a uh I can't say it on here it just a crapshoot on the poop show portal and everything that's going on I can't imagine with the wild wild west is going in college football right now uh, how you know as just like your your guy McCord who's coming up well they're going to play in a, a New Year's Day 6 bowl game he didn't like maybe what he was getting in NL money. Maybe didn't like whatever he didn't like. He left, right? So left them without their starting quarterback. That's and what are you doing? I mean, just talking to some of these people and some of the side jobs that I have. It's <laughs> like, okay, you're going after player X. Player X says he has five hundred thousand dollars in NIL money. You can't verify that. He can be BSing you. He yeah. cannot be. In the NFL, it's different because those contracts have to re be reported to the league. They have to be approved by the league. They look at. They have to be approved by the NFL PA. I mean, everything is there. So you know when you're working with an agent and you're doing a contract, if he's lying, you're going to see that contract. So you got to make sure that that agent has to make sure as well that you can negotiate and do all the little tricks of the trade that you do in negotiations, but eventually everybody's going to know what that contract is. And if he says X and he only got Y and you had Y on the table or a little bit more than Y, then that becomes an issue in a relationship. All right. So Debo, he's out on the college director job, but the Chargers job is still on the table. So I'm hearing. <laughs> hey Debo, put up the. Uh, I will guarantee you this. What? One thing I will not be a GM in the NFL again. I absolutely guarantee you that. What if someone wanted to pay you $20 million a year? Okay, then we'll talk. <laughs> All right. And then you got to hire me and Debo for uh, half a million dollars combined. We'll do it for half yeah. a million combined. Yeah, and we'll keep, we'll do the podcast from my new office. That's right. Uh, Debo, put the draft order up again. I want to uh, go down the list here. So, Rick, let's say that Drake May and Caleb Williams are gone. 
Uh, one and two, and then you can take your pick of the next quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr., J.J. McCarthy, whomever. I'm going to go down the list, and you tell me whether they should take a quarterback or not, and you can even tell me which one it is if it's not Caleb or not Drake because already gone. So number three, Washington. Yeah. Who should they take if they're taking a I don't know. If you're honest with yourself, and I'm going to ask you, I'm just the guy in the corner, but I would raise my hand and ask our general manager, Brian Wilson, are these guys – worthy of a top three pick the rest of the best or are we reaching because we're saying that we need a quarterback so desperately yeah yes <laughs> yes so what are you doing are you reaching and taking one or not i love Jaden daniels is he number three overall that's we can have that conversation um but that's why i mean we if we need a quarterback and it's not sam Howell, that, that, that seat isn't so fun is it no it's not yeah, podcast. The leader of the podcast seat is fun, but yeah, I'm gonna have to get Debo to through my representatives to get you to ask, quit asking me tough questions. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, all right, well, if I'm watching, I'm taking a quarterback and I'm taking Jane Dane, regardless if even though you may have them developed down the board farther. Well, and on the right, we'll potential Pro Bowl receiver, Hall of Fame receiver, uh, a tackle that you so desperately need. So, here's um, the thing if if Marvin Harrison Jr. is still there, because the top two quarterbacks go one and two. Oh, boy. Oh, I'll trade down. Do you want to trade down for a quarterback, or do you want to take Marvin? Well, you can't. That's the decision you have to make. And get to I'm, that's why I'm sitting there watching. Uh, laughing. You're I, not just watching. You're laughing. I was like, man, I remember 30-some years of those <laughs> conversations and watching it unfold. It's nice to see someone else sweating their new velvet Syracuse. <laughs> I love you think this is velvet. All right. So um, That's velvet. No That's one wears true. velvet anymore, do they? Let's go with velvet. Drape myself in velvet like George Costanza. So I, if I'm Washington, I'm thinking long and hard about a quarterback. We agree that New England should take a quarterback, right? Even if I at four, they have to seriously consider that. Yes. So if the the big three are there, not named Caleb or Drake, if it's JJ, your guy JJ, my guy, really Michael, like JJ. So why are you even talking about him? I want to include him here because I know you liked him, so I'm giving you the opportunity. I, yeah, it's, that's a whole nother discussion. Why you don't like him? I don't dislike. Him. I want to see how the weekend goes with the big game against Alabama, and then we can reconvene and talk about that. But the Patriots need a quarterback. Anyone in particular that you would prefer? We don't know what the coaching staff or anything's going to be like, but yeah, it's all. It's like I said, all speculation. And you know, what, what is about, what's the system? Because it also has to be what the system is that you're going to try to run to make the fit for the quarterback as well. I mean, you bring it in whoever you're bringing in, if there is change in New England, and who knows that, then what's the system we're going to run? And that may dictate which direction you go on these quarterbacks. What about if both tackles are there that we like, Fashanu and, and Joe Alt, and the quarterbacks not named Caleb and Drake are there at five for the Giants? Um, boy, I'm going to have to seriously consider one of those tackles. Okay. We got to we got to find out when Daniel Jones is coming back because he may not be ready in August or September. But uh, coming off the ACL, Tyrod came in for Tom, uh, Tommy DeVito last week. So, hey, as we make these role plays things up, can Debo be like the owner that's sitting next to me, and I can whisper in his ear, "Watch what this guy does." It's <laughs> we can incredible get you. <laughs> the decision this guy's about to make. We'll get I you have like a, to do with this. <laughs> we'll get you a crash test dummy that looks like Prisco, and you can whisper into his ear. You can put your arm around him. That'll be your little. Debo's the owner. I'm sitting next to Debo in the corner. Your owner, buddy. 
All right, so Titans no Bears again. They pick again at eight now. They keep winning, so they keep falling down. The Jets at nine are going to have serious conversations about a quarterback. The Falcons at ten. There are a ton of teams. I think I counted twelve teams. Debo, can you scroll down to fourteen? Because I have a Rick's been asking me tough questions. I got a really tough question for Rick. I don't. I just. I, I just uh, reflect them back to you. You're the decision maker. And. We don't have to linger on this because you have a good relationship with uh, – you're really tight with George Payton, the, the GM of the Broncos. You guys are super close, been together forever. But Russ Wilson has – they have a decision to make on Russ. So March 5th, I believe, is the actual date the new league year starts. Uh, $37 million is coming his way. It's going to be guaranteed. And I, I looked it up. So let me give you the math, Rick. So if they cut Russ – before June 1st, that's a 72 million cap charge in 2024. That's the rip the band-aid off option. If you just want to move on from Rush and eat it before June 1st. Post-June 1st designation in terms of release, 35.4 million goes on the 2024 books. 53.6 million goes on the 2025 books in terms of dead money. Now, if you allow that 37 million to vest, if you give Russ the 37 million guaranteed, it's virtually the same as plan B above. It's going to be about 35 and a half million cap charge in 2024 with Russ on the roster and 55 and change million wise. Uh, 2025 is what Russ is going to charge you. So you can rip the bandaid off. You can spread it out over two years post June 1st without Russ or just pay Russ the same amount of money and keep them. So Sean Payton, he's a great coach. He's done a really good job sort of turning that operation around offensively. Russ isn't the guy he ever seemed to be at the end of the Seattle run in terms of letting him cook. And you have the 14th pick. Hmm. What do you think? Very interesting. <laughs> is that, is that your final? Have, that's going to be another tough decision because right now, I don't know what Sean Payton thinks of Russ Wilson. I mean, yeah. if you read the articles out there, it's not like he's endorsing Russ or coming out and defending right. Russ, which makes it... Uh, Okay, I'm. I just traded a first round pick, plus I think for Sean Payton, right? And he's making a lot of money. Yep. Uh, so, you know, eventually, I think this decision will defer to Sean Payton and what he wants to do, but also understanding the consequences that comes along with that decision. And I was thinking about it. You know, we talk about all these rookie quarterbacks that have had to play this year to varying degrees of success, mostly have played the non-first-round picks, and excluding Will Levis, have played like backup quarterbacks. Like you, you can't really lean on them for more than a handful of games with realistic expectations. I wonder if you start thinking about guys, maybe a, a Jacoby Brissett stopgap or even like a Joe Flacco-type stopgap before he signed his deal with Cleveland. I think he's there for at least another year. No one wanted those guys at the beginning of the year. Jacoby Brissett was on the roster, but Joe Flacco was at home for until six weeks ago. Yeah, but who? I mean, honestly, right. if you're honest with yourself, who would have thought Joe Flacco at his age can come off the couch and do what he's doing? And that's the other thing. So it's so hard to figure out. There's so and many can that, And can he maintain that at that age? I will say I feel better about Joe Flacco maintaining something close to that than a rookie quarterback who we just don't we just don't know. It seems like it's up and down. But again, you're, you're just you're. Hope isn't a plan, and those are plans that are based on hope, it feels like. So, I don't know. It's not a great situation. It could be worse. You do have Sean Payton. You still have Russ Wilson. The team has played a ton better down the stretch. To, despite Defense has played the, better. Defense played, oh, my gosh, yeah. Couldn't have played worse, I mean, after that 70-burger. But uh, losing to the Patriots doesn't help, but I don't think this is going to be a 
team making a deep playoff run anyway, at least this year. So we'll find out together. March, early March is the decision time for for Russ and whether he's there or not. And and we'll go from it. Man, that's a lot of no first round pick, eat all that cap money, and then trying to make something work. To your point, that's why you're you're sitting in the corner. You're not making the making the tough decisions. Not fun. No comment. All right. <laughs> all right, Rick. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I mentioned some of the teams that could trade up for a quarterback. And Debo, Rick actually said this out loud on HQ yesterday. Ryan Wilson did phenomenal work on the draft trade-up chart that we we all looked at. Dude, it did. That's a lot of work to sit there and dig through. Brought me to tears. But let's talk about some of these trade ups and why, you know, on the one hand, season actually end for me and you never, if this is how it's going to (laughs) be, it's Uh, all rainbows and butterflies from here on out going forward. I usually take the trees down after the new year. Some people throw the tree out on Christmas day. I found out, are you that you're not, I feel like you leave the tree up for a while. Yeah. You leave the tree up. It's bad luck to take the uh, Christmas ornaments and trees down until after the new year. Do you have a real tree in Florida? You what, How do you guys do the trees in Florida? I don't know. Are there tree farms in Florida? Probably not, right? No. No, we're not, we're, no because I don't want to clean up pine needles and then the dogs are underneath the tree licking the water and it's, yeah. it's a mess. That's a real thing, too. All right, let's look at some of these uh, trades over the last 10 years or so. Because in the moment you're like, oh, this is gonna this is gonna be great. They're gonna go get the so and so and turn the organization around. So how about this? I'll go through some of these. I'll read you the trade details, and you tell me which team ended up winning in the end. So back in 2012, and the first thing I'm gonna ask you is if you were surprised when the news came down when Washington traded up with the Rams, uh, they went all the way up to number two. And they were at number five originally. So they didn't move up that far, but they had to get up to number two in 2012 because Andrew Luck was going first to the Colts. And then Robert Griffin, the, ju- uh, the junior, Robert Griffin, the third, made a, a push to, to be QB2. When you saw or heard about that trade, did that shock you at all? Because it happened a good, a good time before the actual draft, if I recall correctly. Yeah, no, and they also drafted Kirk Cousins that year as well. Which was weird in the moment. You're like, why are you using a fourth round pick on that quarterback? Which in retrospect feels exactly like a Shanahan quarterback. And RG3 feels like the quarterback that maybe Kyle thought he was getting in Trey Lance. Well, RG3 was a unique athlete and can run. And I remember watching him play live up at UConn when he was at Baylor. And it was different back in 2012 um, on 
judging quarterbacks, you know, because there were still the pocket passers of the world that were coveted and guys that weren't as athletic and you had to adjust your scheme. I remember when we played RG3 in, in 2012, his rookie year, and listening to the defensive staff and how difficult it was to defend him because of how many plays that he made with his legs. Uh, and he was, you know, a phenomenal athlete. Uh, you know, he, he can throw the ball, um, but he got hurt. And when he got hurt, I don't know if he was the same quarterback as he was before the injury, but he had a, I don't know if he was rookie of the year that year, but he had a phenomenal rookie year. If I remember. He had a fantastic rookie year, got hurt towards the end of the regular season slash playoffs. And he sort of talked himself into playing in the playoff game and hurt his knee even more, I believe. And that was a whole talking point. And then things sort of unraveled for the, from there for, for that team. But uh, I would, Knowing you, I would guess that you had concerns about his size coming out because he was no, he was tall enough. Uh, he's slight of frame though. He's like Jaden Daniels body type. It feels like does that sound yeah. about right? Yeah, I don't know if he's as tall as Jaden, and I haven't seen Jaden in person yet, yeah. so I don't know. But um, he he was he was lean and wiry when he came out of Baylor. Yes. All right. So considering what RG three was able to do over his short but pretty effective career. Here's the, the trade compensation and what these players ended up being. You tell me which you would rather have as a GM in retrospect. So you can have Robert Griffin the third, or you could have Morris Claiborne, the cornerback out of LSU, Janoris Jenkins, who was also a first round pick cornerback, Desmond Trufant, another cornerback. Good Lord. Greg Robinson. So you have three corners in Greg Robinson or RG three. I think the way RG three was going, I would have probably taken RG. Oh, still in retrospect. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now I know you're. You're. I'm assuming that I didn't know the injuries and things like that. But the way he played, and who knows where he would have continued to play at um, before the injuries. But he made an impact for the Reds, the Redskins at the time uh, as a rookie quarterback. Yeah. No, this is actually closer than I thought it might be. Just looking through it again, in terms of the the, the value of the trades. All right, let's go to 2016, and let's go straight to the Eagles. Let's let's put Debo on the under the, the spotlight here because the Eagles traded up. They had the number eight pick and they moved all the way up to number two to take some guy named Carson Wentz. who had a chance to be MVP in 2017, I believe is when they got hurt and Nick Foles ended up being the best player on that team, which is Debo doesn't like to talk about that, but whatever. All right. So they got Carson Wentz at number two and here's what they got had to give up and what these players became Jack Conklin. Good player. The lineman. Yeah. Uh, they got uh, Daryl Worley. Daryl Worley, offensive lineman? No, I thought he was a defensive lineman. Defensive lineman, okay. I, I may be wrong. I can't remember. I, but yeah, Connor If we Cook? don't remember his name, then he must have not had a great, great That's career. why I was struggling. Connor Cook was a quarterback who rarely, if ever, played. Deshaun Watson was part of that trade in terms of the subsequent picks in later drafts. Tyquan Lewis. And then for Carson Wentz and, and the um, a fourth round pick was also thrown in that turned into Jehu Chesson, who didn't do much. So look, man, I can make the case that this Carson Wentz trade actually might favor the the Eagles. They won a Super Bowl in large part because Carson Wentz got them there. Nick Foles did the rest, but the picks weren't actually absolutely home runs outside of Jack Conklin and Deshaun Watson. So I guess the question is, would you rather have Carson Wentz or Deshaun Watson and, and Jack Jack Conklin? Well, if you had Deshaun Watson and Jack Conklin, I would have taken that 
over Carson Wentz. But but the Eagles still got that Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl, and Wentz got him there until he got hurt. And then Nick Foles had one of those miracle finishes. And I remember because Nick Foles beat us in the NFC Championship game that year. And Bebo, what was your, what was your lasting team. memory in that game, Bebo? Uh, tears. <laughs> like the happy Rick. kind. Rick, Rick had tears of the other kind. Yeah, no, I was sitting there two weeks later in our stadium watching – Foles take apart the uh, oh, New England right. Patriots. So that, that was a hard, hard <laughs> defeat. I mean, we went down there and, and Kyle Rudolph, we, we went down and scored and I said, we got a legit chance to be uh, hosting a Super Bowl in our new stadium. And then the rest was history after Unbelievable. that. 20... Nick Foles, Debo, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when he first took over, he wasn't on fire like he was the last couple of games. I am not afraid to admit it. I believe I said it on the Pick 6 podcast. I thought he should have been replaced at the end of the regular season with Nate Sudfeld. That's how bad he was at the end of the regular season. (laughs) And then had one of the greatest postseason runs of all time. And yet, Debo is in his job for a reason. I'm still taking Wentz Ryan just because I don't think Watson would have been able to get them to a Super Bowl level as a rookie in 2017. So that's my that's kind true. of thought around it. I'm all about getting that first Super Bowl. Wentz makes it happen, and, and eventually his downfall opens the path for the next franchise quarterback now. So I'd rather have that Wentz-Hurts combo than, than be stuck with Deshaun Watson for the past six years. And you have Lane Johnson, so you don't need Jack Conklin necessarily. I get that. How about – I bet you if you did a study uh, – how many draft picks have been used on Carson Wentz through his year, his career? Oh, what did gosh. any give up for him? What did the uh, Commanders give up for him? Commanders gave a second round pick and change, I believe, and then the Colts gave up something too, right? Yeah. Oh boy, I'll look into that. All right, in that very same draft, Rick. So whatever else everybody gave for Carson Wentz, add that to the uh, bundle that the Eagles gave. Now I'm curious about which player has been traded the most often for the most draft picks. I'll look into that too. I'm curious. Off the top of my hair, for some reason, I feel like it's just, oh, it's probably Herschel Walker, right? That trade or the Ricky Williams trade? Uh, that Ricky Williams trade was crazy in New Orleans. Yeah, when they traded for when uh, Mike Dicka traded his <laughs> every whole single draft pick. <laughs> uh, I think it was 1999. All right, uh, and before the Carson Wentz trade happened, the Rams traded up in that very same draft at number one. To get Jared Goff. Goff. And they had the 15th overall pick, so they, they had to move up a good good little ways there. And here, there's here's what those picks became, Rick. Corey Coleman, yikes. Like, that was not great from a jump street. A lot of people were, were sort of confused by that pick. And that, that um, uh, then Austin Johnson, Derek Henry, mm. Sean Coleman, who was a... Um, Offensive lineman, I believe. Corey Davis, the wide receiver, first-round pick who didn't quite work out. John New Smith as well. And then Jared Goff and uh, the Rams got a couple other picks. Nick uh, Kiyokowski, who I think has been a special teamer, and then Tamaric Hemingway, who I don't believe did a whole bunch. But basically, Jared Goff for Corey Coleman, Derek Henry, Corey Davis, John New Smith. John New Smith's been okay. The other guys have been, you know. Derek Coleman, too. I mean, Derek Henry, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a no-brainer. He's probably a future Hall of Famer. But basically, Derrick Henry and John New Smith for Jared Goff. No one's making that trade. For uh, no, 
but yeah. you know, not to go down a different rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, but my mind sometimes wanders when I'm getting bored with this conversation. Oh, uh, he's back, Debo. <laughs> <laughs> How about the possibility of Jared Golf playing against Matthew Stafford in the playoffs? In Detroit, too. In Detroit. There's a chance if the Rams make it. I, You think Dan Campbell and those guys would be worried about facing Matthew Stafford because he's light. That team is playing so well, the Rams are. He's lighting it up. And the, the Lions defense, uh, I talked about this on the Pick 6 podcast, I think, on, on Monday night. They gave up 11 explosive plays against Nick Mullins over the weekend. And that's plays of 20 or plus more yards. 11. Now, that could be run plays as well. Yeah, well, um, Justin Jefferson had a few remarkable plays that most humans can't make. The problem is Puka Spielman's better than Justin Jefferson this year, so that's something you have to be worried about if you're the Detroit Lions. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. But that would be fun for sure. All right, I'll just mention a couple more here since Rick's getting bored, and we'll take a break and keep going here. 2017, the Bears traded up to number two, passed on Deshaun Watson, passed on Patrick Mahomes to take Mr. Trubisky. We've talked in the past uh, about those picks became Solomon Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Fred Warner. Oh my gosh, that that's that is maybe proof. yeah, that's that's pretty depressing. Uh, the next year, the Jets traded up to number three to take Sam Darnold, and those picks became Quentin Nelson, my God, Braden Smith, Dallas Goddard, Rocky Sin. See that that's when now we're getting to the part of the movie where you get really depressed about the quarterback you traded uh, you traded for and the picks that it became. And I'll mention this one, 2021. Trey Lance, 49ers moved to number three. That happened at the Zach Wilson Pro Day, I believe. I believe that's where you were fawning over Zach Wilson and the news yes, broke. I was at the Zach Wilson Pro Day when that happened. So did you see it on your phone or did someone tell you? No, I was watching Joe Douglas all over Zach Wilson that day. Well, how did you find out about Trey Lance trade? Oh, it, it, it spread pretty quick. <laughs> 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 that, that, uh, that Pro Day... And BYU maybe has one of the best pro days for NFL. Oh, uh, cool. Because I remember driving up to the lot and they had specific parking. Uh, each got two parking spots and they had the team's emblem on the parking spot. Oh, okay. So, They're serious. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable breakfast buffet, lunch after. Uh, it I was. Take care of you guys. Yeah, it was a very one of the best pro days I've ever been at from a logistics standpoint and how BYU rolled out the carpet that year. All right, good to know. All right, then now we need them to get a we should have gone to Jaron Hall's pro day last year. Lesson learned. So Joe Douglas <laughs> I don't know if they would have had the same amount of people and cameras and everything as uh when Zach Wilson came out. So you were you were not surprised that the, the Jets took Zach Wilson after you saw Joe Douglas, is what you're No, saying. there were there was a whole contingency there. And you usually uh, if as you go to these pro days, if we're going to go to any pro days yet to be determined, but we'll be there. Relax. You <laughs> need to look at, you know, how many people, what contingency has the strongest, you know, last year when we went to all the quarterback, we had the uh, ability to go to all the quarterback uh, pro days, but how many times do we see Frank Wright in the Carolina Panthers there at every yeah. single pro day? It was hard to tell. We, it, I couldn't get a sense. It felt like the Kentucky Pro Day, they weren't quite as um, on top of Will Levis as they were on CJ and Bryce and, and, and Anthony. And Anthony, yeah. But it's interesting. I yeah. was, we used to have our scouts who, what coaches 
<laughs> worked out that did the individual workout or yeah. what coaches took the player on the side after the pro day was over and tried to work extra because then we would try to determine how much interest that team may have in them, even if it was a down the line guy that we liked. Yeah. Uh, and I would ask, and who was at the pro day? And hey, the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line coach worked out, you know, Bobby Bag of Donuts and Alan Chickowitz, uh <laughs> extra after the uh, pro day. Or you could just read the Ryan Wilson mock draft and you would know ahead of time. Save yourself all that legwork. <laughs> Save a lot of money, too, I'm sure. Save a lot of money. All right. That Trey Lance trade, by the way, when you were uh, watching Zach Wilson. Here's what those picks became. And it worked out, of course, because they got Brock Purdy. Those picks became Micah Parsons, Cole Strange, Channing Tindall, Brian Brzee. Who would you rather have, Trey Lance or those guys? I, I would take that probably second group. <laughs> and then uh, finally, and this is going to hurt your heart, but I, I need you to answer honestly. Panthers traded from nine to number one for Bryce Young, of course. And Bryce had his best game. Debo wouldn't let us talk about him today. He said, "No matter no, no matter what, we couldn't talk about Bryce's great performance." But we'll do that uh, on the on one of our side jobs, Rick. Here's what the Panthers had to give up: DJ Moore, Jalen Carter, Brenton Strange, a first round pick in 2024, a second round pick in 2025. You still yeah. thinking Bryce? That's yet to be determined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although uh, I would take a couple of those players, but and I'm not going to get on the Bryce young bandwagon again because we you know there there's plenty of room on there i think i'm the only one on there it's me and, and you're, you're, you're driving yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing when they do play action get him outside the pocket uh how different he looks yeah how about that weird right yeah. they scored 30 points which is something they hadn't done he throws for 300 yards and so i'll be uh i'm looking forward to going back and watch that game i haven't watched it yet just because we weren't talking about it but um we'll get to it and we'll circle back, and hopefully it's another good game next week, and we can do two for one. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to hit some mailbag questions and do some five-star Apple Podcast reviews right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, Rick. Did you watch Boxing Day yesterday? I love Boxing Day. There was like six soccer matches on yesterday. I love Boxing Day soccer as well, but I did not have an opportunity to do that, unfortunately. I've had much less soccer in my life this year because Devo's working us so hard. Yeah, there's a lot of homework. A lot of homework. But I'm glad you got to enjoy it. I did while I was doing the HQ stuff with you. (laughs) Oh, you're doing both. Yeah, Devo, Rick has some new shirts. He is ready to. I'm ready to rock them. Ready to rock. We had him on yesterday. All right, let's do some mailback questions, Rick. At the Sports and Film Fellowship Ask, these are via YouTube, by the way. 
So give us a thumbs up, leave questions, and Debo will sift through them and potentially get us to, to talk about them. So if Quinn Ewers has a big game or two, should he enter the NFL draft? Because we have not talked about Quinn Ewers since probably October, November. Suffered an injury just like he did the year before. Um, but he's sort of quietly, just a weird thing to say about a quarterback for Texas, had a pretty good season. And I think we talked about him as a day two guy, maybe early day two. I don't know if he gets into round one, but if he has two great games, we're going to have to have that conversation. So what do you think? Yeah, I went back and watched his tape since the last time we talked about him. You know, he had threw for four touchdowns in a Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma State. But those guys were wide, 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 wide open. <laughs> so, uh, and I read a lot of clips on him. You know, you go through and read different people's opinions on him and things like that. But what I saw is when he is clean in the pocket, uh, he doesn't have tremendous arm strength, but he's in. Let me interrupt you. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But everyone that I talk to says that he has a rifle for arm. And I think I've asked you this before. When you watch him on tape, it doesn't look like the ball. No. It doesn't look like it looks Matthew like it in the air. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And, I just want to put that out there. And there were a couple deep throws, and he has NFL caliber receivers and guys with speed to get downfield. And I just seen a lot of throws that were underthrown. Yeah. Um, so, um, but he's an anticipation thrower, which means that he gets a ball when he can get the ball out of his hands and get in rhythm, and he gets the ball out before the receiver gets out of his break, and I think he's an accurate thrower. Where I have issues with him is some of the deep ball. Now, a couple deep balls he does hit, but if there's pressure around his feet, I don't know if he has the hose or the arm to get it when he has to make off-schedule type throws. Uh, that's a concern of mine. Uh, I read a clip on some of the uh, – coaches that have played against him and they think when that first 15 play script comes out that he is very good but all of a sudden it becomes way more conservative after he gets through that 15 play script where he's not as loose or taking as many chances but then as I watched the tape I don't know and I you know I don't game plan the scheme or anything like that so I didn't get that sense when I was watching it but uh, I still think regardless of how strong he, he – and maybe that's a decision he has to make if he finishes out and they end up winning the national championship and he plays lights out. But at this point, before the playoffs start, um, I would consider definitely coming back because okay. I, don't, I think that he's going to be in the mix with that second tier of quarterbacks. Right. He's not the athlete that Jane Daniels is. J.J. Uh, McCarthy is a better athlete. Uh Bo Nix is a better athlete. Um, Michael Penix, to me, similar type athlete. Penix may be a little more, but Penix, his arm talent, to me, is is better. It looks night and day when you talk about those two players' arm talents. Yeah. So where does he stack up in there where if he comes back and has another solid year and stays healthy for the year, does he become one of the top two or three quarterbacks in next year's draft class? So he'll, he'll have a, a decision that he's going to have to make. But I think it's such a strong quarterback class this year from what it looks like on paper and what we've seen as we evaluate these guys through the fall that, and I say that not because, because there's the two top guys, but after that, I think there is a pretty good group of guys that have a chance to be pretty good NFL quarterbacks. It doesn't like after the two, it doesn't fall off like the year Pickett came out and Will Levis and Malik uh, Willis and all those guys where it just drops. Right. I think there is in that second round and lower first round, it'll be interesting to see 
how all this plays out and how many quarterbacks actually go in the first round because of the depth of this class. Yeah, so Caleb Drake, Jane Daniels, Penix, JJ, those probably guys are all going to go top 32-ish, depending on what your flavor is. Maybe some guy slips out and another one comes in. But I think after that is when the Quinn Ewers conversation starts. Yes. Who's the Bo Nix? Who are you taking? Hmm. I would I would lean towards Bo Nix right now, the okay. way he played this year. Yeah, you know? and then Cam Ward's coming back, but I think he's sort of in that tier, maybe a little below. My guy Spencer Rattler should be the first overall pick, but that's not going to happen. Uh, and then after that, you get into the Michael Pratt's of the world, and, and then things sort of get a, a little cloudier. Yeah, but I think he's above those, those the Pratt's of the world guys yeah, like that. I agree with that. So, okay, we'll see. The other question is, does he come back to Texas? Because Arch Manning's there. Um, the backup quarterback just transferred to Duke, who played the few games this year when Quinn Ewers was hurt. Malik Murphy, I believe his name is. So he's going to replace Riley Leonard, who's now at Notre Dame. And that gets back to your point about being working in college and trying to, to manage all this stuff. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> all right. Thank you for the question. Next up, Alex Rosenberg, 7266. With the running back market in the NFL being the way it is, should running backs stay in college longer? Now, the running back market in the NFL being that you just run them into the ground for four years and move on for the most part. NIL money, keeping you in college could help. Um, Neil, the running back out of Kansas, announced that he's coming back to school, and that was sort of a surprise. He ran for over 1,200 yards. And, and I think a surprise in the sense that I don't think they thought he was coming back. So a lot's changed since you drafted Adrian Peterson, Rick. Is there any reason to hustle out other than wear and tear on the tires? I think that's what you have to to – at the running back position is, is make that decision because it is a high injury risk position. So um, if you're not going to go in the first two or three rounds, do you make more money staying in college with an NIL deal and, you know, the insurance? So you have to weigh out the economic impact. But on the other hand, if you're a running back and you do come out, you may get in regardless of where the market's going to be on running backs four years from now, because it's always evolving. Yeah. Uh, you get the free agency a year earlier and a year less wear and tear on your body. So I think those are decisions these kids have to make. Um, high injury risk, um, get to free agency a year earlier if I come out, or do I make more money staying in school one more year, but take the injury risk as well? Yeah, no, it's um feels like a very personal decision, and if the nil money's there, I understand why you would it's take it. It's not a personal decision; it's a business decision. It's nothing personal. It's personal for I, the I'm player. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it, you're right, Ryan. I I don't know where my head went for a second. <laughs> you're okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Okay. And by sorry. the way, Ke Keaton Mitchell just tore his ACL. Unfortunately, he was an undrafted free agent. It wasn't like he was going to come back. But the point of it being a a very brutal position to play, and just so much uncertainty, and He's part of the evolution of the new running backs in terms of the things he's able to do. Not an every down back, but that's a conversation we can talk about later. The point being that it's, um, yeah, it's hard. And this running back class is pretty wide open as well. So he ha yeah. would have an opportunity there's to be. There's no first round running backs, in my opinion. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the thinking. Maybe there's an opportunity to improve on what he did last year, even though what he did last season was pretty impressive and, and perhaps up his draft stock. But I don't know how that's going to work itself out in terms of NFL teams valuation of, of running backs. All right. At Broncos fan 99. Now, if Broncos fan 99 is in fact a Broncos fan, this next question becomes even more interesting. 
Assuming Bailey Zappi continues to play okay through the next two weeks, should the Patriots still draft a quarterback? I'm I don't have to answer this. Bailey Zappi over the next two weeks should throw for literally 40,000 yards and 800 touchdowns. And he will not be the starting quarterback next year, I feel like. <laughs> and no disrespect to Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones. I saw uh, a few comments from Bill O'Brien, the Patriots co- coordinator, the other day that said Mac Jones will be fine. I don't know what that means. I don't know where he will be fine selling real estate or find somewhere else, but it's not going to be as the Patriots quarterback. I think both of those guys are going to be valuable backups. Yeah. But to say they're going to be your 17-game starter and get you to the Super Bowl, I'm, I, I just can't buy that right now. You know, Pete likes to make fun of me because I, I was big on Mac Jones coming out. I think it was my QB3 behind um, Zach Wilson. So it's not like I was like, hit a grand slam with that one either. But let me ask you this, because this is what I think about sometimes when Mac Jones is out there throwing interceptions when he was allowed to play. Both Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith were both asked, and they didn't. it wasn't a secret, who they would rather have as a quarterback or who they enjoyed playing with more in terms of being a, a high-level quarterback, Tua or Mac, and they both said Mac. So it's not like Mac just fooled everybody. I think Mac is, in part, Mac has some maturity issues. I don't think that's a secret either. Um, and also, he's been putting set up for failure, it feels like, in, in some degree. Now, I'm not absolving Mac of playing terrible football, which is what he's done, but I think it's just interesting that both those wide receivers, one plays with Tua and plays with Jalen Hurts, and both are having a pretty successful career so far, we're partial to Mac, and maybe there's a chance for Mac to rediscover himself like J- Jared Goff or something, but right now it, it just ain't working. Yeah, well, I don't know when that question was asked, but it may be different if you ask them today. Oh, yeah, yeah, I would imagine. It was during the pre-draft process. Yeah, okay. And they said that. Um, yeah. yeah, they ain't saying that now. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Wait, was this breaking news I didn't see over no, the, no. the weekend? Breaking news, news from two, two and a half. Oh, Mac had a very productive uh, year one year down at uh, uh, Alabama when he took over and, but he does, he's not throwing to Devonte Smith or any of these type. So nope. the reason J- Justin Fields, we always question that on, does he have enough talent around him to have, right. give him the best chance to have success. The difference is Justin Fields is a much superior athlete can make many more plays with his legs to hide some of the deficiencies on talent around him until they got DJ Moore. So, but Mac Jones has to have a very strong supporting cast around him, which he had at Alabama to have success. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting from that ancillary conversation anyway, is that CJ Stroud, who we didn't know was a great athlete until the Georgia game is using his athleticism to help in Houston even though he's elevated the play of those players around him, and Tank Dell was a part of that until he got hurt too, of course. I'll ask you this. When the trade happened at the Zach Wilson Pro Day, when the 49ers moved up to number three, and some folks thought maybe, myself included, that maybe Mac Jones was going to be the guy, it's not a stretch to say that Mac probably would have had a little bit more success in that offense with those players around him in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, because you have to go back, which you saw in college, you saw. I mean, he made some really good throws. Did he not win a national championship? And he did it convincingly with the way he played. Yeah. And he was an accurate thrower. He's a pocket passer. He had time. He had guys that were getting separation. All the things that is why New England probably drafted him, except they may have underestimated the supporting cast around him. And therefore, Mac Jones is not going to be an off-schedule creative playmaker. 
he has to be in rhythm on time, get the ball out, but he also has to have a supporting cast that can get some separation, strong run game. They had some pretty good running backs when he was down there at Alabama as well. <laughs> so I don't know if it's fair to say – you technically have to say Mac Jones is a bust right now. There's but, no other thing you could say. Yeah, but would have been a different story in a different scenario. I'll just end it on this. The Patriots offensive coordinator in year one for Mac is now the – Eagles defensive coordinator. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Debo's wearing his Matt Patricia shirt right now. Probably pumped about that. Yay, let's go all-man coverage, Debo. <laughs> Debo, who would you rather have calling offensive plays in Philadelphia, Brian Johnson or Matt Patricia? Matty P. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, on pizza. <laughs> They've hit a low point, Rick. That's where Philly fans are right now. <laughs> that is a low point indeed. And they, Matty... won, yeah, they won 11 games, but it's not good enough. <laughs> Oh man, Shane Steichen was uh they 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 didn't spoil him enough. All right, Kyleen Strom ninety eight oh nine asks. This is a good question. Should the Vikings re-sign Kirk for one more year, or go get their guy? Which quarterback is the best fit for the Vikings? Well, no one is better suited to answer that question, Rick, because you had to answer that question several times. I feel like Kirk Cousins was the right answer. Achilles injury. Uh, he I would imagine he'll be ready pretty soon to the start of the season. Yeah, you got He's out of contract in in a couple months. Yeah, no, they're going to have to make a very tough decision. But the one thing I can guarantee, Kirk Cousins is not going to sign a one-year deal. Yeah. So he's going to be looking for a longer-term deal. Um, and he will, if they don't give him that, I'm anticipating that he will go out and shop and someone may give him a three-year deal. Yeah, uh, they, I, they, I guarantee you gets a three-year deal. Yeah, so I don't see that as a one-year deal and then drafting a young guy behind him that that – has any possibility now who knows you know where everything is but Kirk Cousins knows this is probably his last contract uh that he's going to get a the swing at getting some some pretty good money uh and the way that he was playing the way Kevin O'Connell has talked about him I don't know if there's another option you're not going to get Caleb Williams or Drake May then it's a then it's a non-starter I think I would take one of those two but do you do something Similar to what Detroit did, right, with Jared Goff. They have to make a decision. Um, but they also drafted Hendon Hooker and put him on a shelf for a year. And is he the potential heir apparent down the road as he as he comes along? So maybe they're doing something similar to that, where they do get a quarterback um, under the wings of Kirk for the next two or three years, Jordan Love, for example, and Aaron Rodgers. But to say that, Kirk Cousins is going to come in and just do a one-year deal. I, I highly doubt that that will happen. Right. So if it's a three-year deal and then you draft whomever you draft, whether it's Bo Nix in the second round or, or whoever right. it may that, be. That, that may be an option they look at. Or Quinn Ewers in the second, whatever it is. You still got to right. wait three years because Kurt ain't going in. He ain't taking, like you said, a one-year deal. No. I, w I would be shocked. What about a two-year, $100 million deal? Would you be interested in that? <laughs> no. You don't think he'll take? Oh yeah, if if Kirk, yeah, I'm taking two years for a hundred million. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd take that. That may off. be the going rate. I, who knows? Right. You know? I'm just thinking in terms of if you want to bring along a young quarterback like a Quinn Ewers or Bo or whoever you end up taking in round two, if you don't do it in round one. Yep. So they got a lot to figure out there. I don't know. That's a good problem to have because I think Kurt was playing some of his best football, if not his Kurt best football. Was playing and what showed with the match with Kevin O'Connell is that when they lost Justin Jefferson, he elevated his game right. and actually was playing probably his best football of his career 
without Justin Jefferson and made the players, Hawkinson, Addison, uh, KJ Osborne, all those guys kind of stepped up. Uh, Powell uh, yeah. did a great job. And Kirk, you know, I thought elevated his game to another level without Justin Jefferson when the, their season was basically on the line at the time. Yeah, unfortunately, TJ Hawkinson tore his ACL and MCL last weekend, so he's going to be out probably for the start of next season as well. We'll see how that goes. So that's another blow to a team that's number eight in the playoff race, looking for to get into that seventh spot. So that got a little tougher. All right. Another one from Kyleen Strom, 9809. This is a question for the scout sitting in the corner next to the owner. Hey, oh, Debo, yeah. can you put up, is it like – a misprint, or is it just uh, when it says scout? I I just scout sitting in a quarter. <laughs> I just that's, scout. That's a there line. You see the line between Ryan. It's it's not an eye. It's like a little vertical line. Oh, oh I, I like I liked it better as him just mispronouncing his job. I just a scout sitting back. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me when I'm talking on the air. <laughs> All right, Mr. Scout, sitting in the corner. Give me three names on the defensive line that fit Brian Flores' defense. Day one, day two, day three. Man, this guy's getting his money's worth out of you, Rick. Yeah. Uh, I had to do a little research on this one and actually went and watched the uh, – Oh, my eight. gosh. You were so hardcore. What did you come up with? Okay. So, you know, DJ Wanham, who's had a phenomenal year, I think he's coming out of the contract. Unfortunately, he tore his quad or partially tore his quad, so he's done. Daniil Hunter – you know, has had a monster type year. Who drafted him? They're going, well, both of them. So <laughs> you're Sorry. going to have to pay him as well. But Brian Flores' defense, it's you have to get pressure on a quarterback, especially with the young corners they have, because you can't leave those guys out on an island. They'll get exposed. So to me, when you're looking at defensive line, I took this question as what can we do to get some pass rushers? So in day one, knowing the situation I have with DJ Wanham and, and Daniel Hunter and, and taking the worst case scenarios, scenario that they're not back. So I looked at the best edge rusher left on the board wherever they end up picking. They're at 15 right now. Right. Well, maybe higher with the injuries that they have and the, you know, they got Green Bay and they got played Detroit again. So um, but I'd be looking at Dallas Turner. I would be looking at Jared Verse. And if he is healthy and passes physicals, Latu out of UCLA. That would be my Dave one area that I'd be looking at is edge rushers. Most like three home runs. The, that would you're losing two of the best edge rushers you have on the roster. Day two. I would look for an inside pass rusher. And oh, I, know, I know where you're going. Will, my favorite guy that I've watched so far on tape, just a good football player, uh, Byron Murphy, the defensive tackle from Texas. So any concerns about 292 or is that okay? No. The way this kid plays? <laughs> okay. I just don't want to check. Yeah. No, I have no concerns with him. But he was a high-end, high-motor guy, can rush the passer, yeah, he's can good. play the run. Ideal three technique. And I think if they can get an inside pass rusher, that would be a home run to get a – uh, Byron Murphy uh, on day two. Here, before, have, you go to, before you go to day three, how excited would Brian Flores be? Should he still be there if he doesn't get a, a head coaching opportunity to get Dallas Turner and Byron Murphy in back-to-back picks? Yeah, I, I would just walk out. Guys, go ahead and take whatever you want the rest of the draft. I'm good. That, those are two grand slams. All right, go ahead. 
Okay, day three. This one is digging, and I have to be honest, I haven't done a lot of day three guys yet. I'm not up to speed, and I'm, you know, that Ryan Wilson is on some of these day three guys. So I was we'll digging. See. Huh? I said, we'll see. You might, you're probably farther along than me with all your side jobs. Yeah. Well, I dug one up. What'd you get? Uh, my day three sleeper that I thought was a really good football player was Dwayne Carter, the defensive lineman out of Duke. Oh, I haven't watched him yet. Okay. Watch the Notre Dame game. He plays some base end. He slides inside as a nickel rusher. He took two Notre Dame guys that have a pretty good offensive line and just put them on their back as he was rushing a passer. Man, look he at this deep dive, Debo. He's, he he uh, loved the passion that he plays with. He's not the greatest of athletes, but he reportedly has 34-inch arms. That's and, good. Uh, I have to do more tape on him. I haven't done enough tape on him yet. But the one game that I do remember TV scouting was that Notre Dame game, and I'm like, who is this dude? Mm -hmm. And so um, he is a guy, day three, that I would put as we start formulating our just good football player list. He would be a very good football player in day three, in my opinion, that can also help. So Dallas Turner, Jared versus Layatu Latu in round one. Byron Murphy the second in round two. And Dwayne Carter uh, as a day three guy. Yes, if I had to go defensive lineman. Look at you, Rick. It's like you've done this before. All right. I'm just guessing like everybody else. This is what happens when you leave questions in the old mailbag that Debo can can pick out. Rick does uh, hours of homework and gives you three great names. Good job, Rick. That was uh, I actually learned something there. <laughs> I'm just a scout in the corner. You might get promoted. I just a scout in the corner. I just a scout in the corner. Bad attitude, but a good scout. <laughs> sit right. next to uh, Debo, our owner. Yeah, sit next to old Debo there. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to rip through these uh, five-star reviews of some nominated prospects, and we'll talk about those guys right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Rick, I'm laughing because I'm looking at my notes for, for these five-star uh, Apple podcast review reviews we're about to do here. And by the way, remember, if you want us to review an FBS or FCS player of your choosing that is draft eligible, preferably coming out in this draft, because we'll circle back to the other guys later, just leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and nominate that player, and we will get to them. Starting up, Brian Thomas Jr., number 11 out of LSU. We know about Malik Neighbors. We talked him up all fall. You mentioned Brian Thomas Jr. a few weeks ago, so you've been cheating and, and getting sneak peeks at him. So I finally went back and watched a few of his games, and uh, I was laughing at this note. He had 15 re uh, receiving touchdowns. 10 of the 15 touchdowns came on go routes or inside fades. <laughs> so he is a jump ball master. Uh, he's long. 
He looks to be plenty fast. He's stacking guys. He's thick, and he's going to fit in that tier, Rick, it feels like, with Xavier Leggett, Adonai Mitchell, um, Keon Coleman, maybe even the non-Adunze wide receivers at Washington, Polk McMillan, Burton, maybe even Tony Franklin out of – or Troy Franklin, excuse me, out of Oregon. All those guys are similar-ish. But um, tell me about your takeaways with, with Brian Thomas, who played opposite of, of – Malik Neighbors, and also we can make the argument. Well, that's why it's so easy for Jaden Daniels because he's throwing to guys like Michael Pittman. I'm waving my flag. I love this kid. I was, that's what that means. You love him? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a flag. We can't afford it on the podcast. We've still got a <laughs> draft board that countdown that uh, Ryan so hand does hand does every week. But uh, watch the old Miss game, and he had three touchdowns in the old Miss game. Uh, this kid is long. He's athletic. He can run. Now, he needs some route refinement, but he doesn't run a big variety of routes. But can he get on his horse and run down the field and separate down the field? Yeah. Watch the Florida game. This guy has speed. He has athleticism. He has that unique ability to torque his body Mm. for a long athletic receiver and make some 50-50 and high-point catches. I think this kid still has – Tremendous upside. I don't think he's reached his full potential yet, but this guy really jumped off the tape at me. And uh, at this point, I'm not so sure that I like this kid over Coleman. That's fine. I, I that's why I put him in that in that bucket because the things he was able to do. Now you talk about the we talked about Malachi Corley out of Western Kentucky last week, just catching everything near the line of scrimmage. Any concerns about him just running go balls, or that that's something you can work with? No, that's a that's a pretty good. Trait to half. <laughs> but in terms of varying the, the... Low balls and red zone maybe put points on the board for you, and this guy puts points on the board for you. You're telling me it's easier to score when you throw 50-yard bombs instead of throwing screens to Malachi Corley? Yes, I would, yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm just a guy in a corner just listening to, you know, but I would highly suggest as a GM of this podcast and make the decision, final decision maker. Yeah. Guys that can put points on the board for you usually have value. And uh, something else to note, uh, he lined up outside almost 90% of the time. Uh, just a little note to defensive coordinators. If uh, Brian Thomas Jr. is in the slot, he's running inside fade. So just I would double team him and look to the corner of the end zone because that's where they're going to throw the ball. But those are the two games that I watched incidentally, Rick. So uh, eight catches on 10 targets in that old Miss game and six catches on eight targets in the Florida game. Uh, a ton of touchdowns. So let me ask you this before we move on here. So it's clear you like Brian Thomas Jr. a lot. Xavier Leggett, Adonai Mitchell, Keon Coleman. You're taking Brian Thomas right now. Yeah. Uh, At this point, I am. So he could be wide receiver three. Is that right? He would be wide receiver four for me. Who's three? Uh, Odunze. Oh, and Malik. Sorry, that's right. I forgot about Malik. Malik Neighbors number two. Marvin Harrison Jr. number one, and then Odunze. Man, this group feels these top four on paper compared to 12 months ago, feel better than last year's top four, right? I, I believe they are. I believe. And we thought last year that it was a pretty strong class. This year is going to be a really strong receiver. Class. Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnson, Zay, and then Jordan Addison went consecutively at, starting with pick 20. All We're right. Talking about big physical dudes. Now they can run, right? Which is the knock on Jordan Addison until a lesser extent, Zay flowers. I think Zay's a little twitchier than yeah, Jordan, but both are having good seasons. Marvin Harrison jr. Is a man. Odunze's a man. 
neighbors is big. He's not as big as those other guys. And then you're he's talking, big enough. He's six feet plus. Yeah. These guys are all six, three, six, four and built like some old time scout once told me, if you're going to draft in the first round, draft a man. Men. <laughs> That's great advice. You know, we, we can't not consider how the season has unfolded in the NFL, but it feels like Quentin Johnston is not even in the same conversation. This no, season. no, because these guys catch the ball. The one issue of Quentin Johnston had a, he was long, he was athletic, he can run. Um, you know, we talked about it to death last year between him and the battle he had and how he played well against Juju Brents, your guy from Kansas State last year. Yep. Uh, but these guys catch the ball more consistently than Quentin Johnston did. Now, according to PFF, I didn't watch every single one, but Brian had five drops on 74 targets. Um, but that said, he looked like he was a hands catcher. You talk about the contested catchability, the high point catchability. Those are all things that get you excited. All right. I think those drops came in earlier games. I okay. think more confidence he built. So you can say you had the five drops, but as you're sitting there and evaluating um, that were they early in, in the season? And then because the games I saw, I didn't see a drop. So I'd have to go back and maybe check if those were earlier games that he had those drops in or were they later games? But it seemed like he was catching the ball pretty consistent, consistently down the stretch here. That I agree with. Uh, so it sounds like he's a top 32 guy for you. Yes. Yeah. All right. Don't hate that. Next up, Jalen Green out of James Madison, which used to be in the, the Colonial Athletic Association with William Mary, one double A back in the day, as we used to call it. Now they're FBS, which I didn't even know about that until I started watching. I can't remember which I, I get confused with these schools with that are named after names. Did you yeah. go to Bill and Mary or did you go to James Madison? William and Mary. Second okay. oldest school in the country. Okay. James Madison. No, thank you. It's a good school. Better athletics program. Uh, as I recall, they may, they may have changed. But either way, Jalen Green, edge rusher, towards ACL, unfortunately. He's out of college eligibility towards ACL in November 2023. So that's something he's long since had surgery. I would imagine unless something happened. And so December, January, February, three or four months by the time the NFL doctors get their hands on them. And I would imagine you're just looking to make sure the progress is progress and when he's available and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So he is sought off to borrow a Rick term. He's pretty solidly built. I like the way he played. I, he feels like he's probably looking at a day three special teams guy that is he a situational pass rusher or something less than that? I think teams will try to look at him as a potential situational pass rusher. I mean, he had unbelievable production at the level of football that he was at. You see him do the counter spins. You see him have some – I mean, he plays with some heavy hands. Uh, he's more athletic um, than the guys that are trying to block him up front. Yeah. I don't think – I don't know what is – they list him, I think, at 6'1", 245. I don't see the athlete that can be moved to like a stack linebacker. I saw a couple of drops in coverage. <clears throat> I thought he was stiff in that area. I think he can play the run at this level. I think he's going to struggle at the next level. I'm probably going to say this kid's going to likely be more of a college free agent. Because oh, you think so? Injury. Yeah, than a late round pick. Uh, someone may take a swing on him, depending on the compensatory picks, and you have 22,000 seventh round picks. May take a swing on him. I think it depends on the surgery, where he's at. 
I think they will look at him as a potential DPR, but he has good football player. He can go in a good football player category, but he has yep. no unique physical traits. Yeah, no, he's strong. He's strong at the point. You're not going to block him with the the tight end there uh, at that level. And I looked it up. Twenty six percent of his pressures and seven of his fifteen and a half sacks came on on, on third down. Um, so that's noteworthy. He gets after it a little bit, but I, I do think the the level of step up in the level of competition will be something to to keep in mind uh, because we saw Caleb Murphy last year out of Fair State, who had all sorts of fa- sack records at the Division two level, was an undrafted free agent. But he's on the roster now, and he's getting some playing time when he's healthy. Uh, and maybe that's the path that, that Jalen Green takes. If Jalen Green did not tear his ACL, do you think that he gets drafted, or is that less? I think he potentially on what he ran because he's going to have to run fast and test well Yeah, um, for being a little bit undersized. But he's a football player, and if you're going to take a swing on some of these guys uh, in the later rounds, take some swing on some guys that are good football players, and I think he fits into that category. Yeah, the injury also stinks because we won't get a chance to see him at, at a All Star game too, right? Where he he could face some some bigger time competition and get a better sense there. Something else we got to keep in mind, and we'll circle back on this once we figure it out. But once these juniors start getting these invites to these All Star games, that's going to be interesting too. Yeah. So something to keep in mind. All right. In case you didn't know, we're only doing gonna, we're only doing one podcast this week because it's the holiday season. Rick has to go spread his merriment. All around South Florida. Are you considered South Florida? No. West Florida? Southwest Florida. Southwest Florida. All right. All over South. So if you, I'm just assuming that because the airport I go to says Southwest Florida International Airport. Oh, there you go. That was yeah. a that was a clue for me. But <laughs> University of South Florida is located in Tampa. So make that make sense. Oh. Yeah. Where's Central Florida? Orlando? Orlando. Yeah. Oh, geez. Right down the street. Yeah. And by the way. If anyone who listens to this podcast or watches on YouTube or in the greater Los Angeles area and you see Rick there, especially if he's wearing a Chargers hat, please tweet at us so we can hold him accountable. Yeah, you can go ahead and tweet because that will never happen. <laughs> Vegas, <laughs> Vegas too, right, Ryan? Vegas as well. Yeah, oh, the Vegas job. That could be something. Rick in Vegas. Can we move on in life? Can, can <laughs> you understand that I am going to be sitting here overlooking my view from my uh, little retirement hut that i bought down here in sanoval all right you're enjoying your dog uh your dog in his new christmas was that a christmas chair your dog got yeah uh, it was a uh, new office chair that he oh, needed okay. apparently because the one in the old office wasn't good enough for him no of course not come on now. but i do love that he snores during these shows as we're sitting here <laughs> you can move the microphone closer to his face when i'm talking about things you're not interested in like you said earlier and that way well, you don't know if that's me snoring or him <laughs> All right, that's it. That's wrapping episode 109. We'll be back next week, back to regularly scheduled programming. I think that's right, Debo. We're not taking any breaks for the new year, are we? We'll be back next week uh, reacting to the college football playoff last week before the draft order set and and plenty more. All right, looking forward to that. Are we doing Tuesday and Thursday next week? I think we are. I don't know. I mean, it's it's, you know... I, I just let me know Here's what the I'm thing doing. I was going to talk about post-show. Alabama, Michigan's going to wrap up at like midnight. Is that enough time to, to evaluate uh, some prospects for Tuesday's show? What do you think, Rick? Because you're not going to watch that game live. No, I'll be asleep. I, I'm going to watch it, though. I have to stay. I know you'll watch it. All right, so we'll, we'll sort out the details. We'll be back next week for two shows. It's just a matter of exactly when. Maybe a little later on Tuesday. I'll have to check Rick's schedule. In the meantime, thanks to all you guys who watch and listen and comment. Thank you for the the 
Q&A questions. Keep those coming for the mailbag. Keep the five-star review questions coming on Apple Podcasts. And I hope you guys had a happy holiday. I hope you have a great new year. For my guy Rick, for Debo, I'm Ryan Wilson, and we'll see you guys next week. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.